Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the podcast that takes a light-hearted look at lesser-known London stories with your own personal blue badge professional tourist guides. She's Fiona. And she's Alex. And this is the Ladies in London podcast. It's 2024. Which has just this moment just taken me by surprise. When I read it somewhere. Ah, 2024. How did that happen? I know it goes from that that thing of thinking it's next year to being like, oh no, wait, hang on, that's this year. Um Yeah. And you'd think uh... you'd think as well that like when we're when bookings come in and we're already writing in dates in the diary and things, you'd think I would know that twenty twenty four was coming yeah. by now. You know. But, it messes yeah. me, but they keep changing it. You get used to it and then they keep changing it. Anyway, how are you, Fiona? In this uh, good. rainy good. New Year's Day. Well, it's not Year's Day, but second of second of January recording this, and it's filthy outside. Windy. Yeah, it's better than it was. It was drizzly, yeah. drizzly, drizzly all morning. Um, but yeah, now the wind is wuthering around. Wuthering. Um, wuthering. Howling. Is that, is that what that means? Wuthering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I think so. It's the sound of wind. Wind in a building is. I suppose so. Um, what was it? We had a recording when I was young. We had a, someone uh, reading um, Secret Garden. Okay. And there was a nice, there was the, the, the actress doing it, you know. Um, she, she talked about the wind wuthering around That's the great, big house. I, I've never heard it oh. other than in connection with the word heights. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it's, very, it's an onomatopoeic word. I like it very much. Absolutely. At least I, I think that's, I mean, that's what the way I've always used it. Who knows? It may not actually mean that at all. Well, let's but, let's use it that way and yeah. and be be happy with that. Well, anyway, yeah. hi, listeners. That's another one. Start the new year and immediately just started <laughs> waffling around uh, about nothing in particular. Hi, everybody. No, no um, change there then. We hope you had a wonderful uh, festive break and new year. And I know it's not always the easiest time of the year for everyone, but um, I hope it was. Everything you needed or wanted it to be. For a lot of guides uh, out there, it was, oh, it was busy. It Mm. was busy. That week between Christmas and New Year is the most bonkers week, isn't it? It is. And to be honest, I quite often duck out of it. But I have been with uh, one of the the lovely marching bands who come over for New Year's Day parade and um, just had a really lovely kind of three, three, four days on off with... um, yeah, a group who are oh, so enthusiastic. Where were they from? They were from San Jose. Okay. Uh, so actually two different schools, Oak Grove School and Independence All Stars. 
game. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so they, they did their bit in the parade on News Day, and uh, I wished them round Windsor and Hampton Court Amazing. and the Tower of London. Oh, very nice. Fantastic. Yeah, it's always lovely, those marching bands. Um, they're always so joyous. Yeah, they get, if anyone doesn't know, the, the New Year's Day parade in London is always um, basically a massive invite to loads of very, very good marching bands from the US <laughs> who all come over. Um, and our lovely colleague, Stuart, who I think this year corralled something like 115, 115 guides over guides. over the course of about six days taking all these groups around and uh you know to all these all the big places and then they do their amazing um parade on the on new year's day and and, and uh, a big thank you to to the places we visit as well because yeah windsor and the tower of london things they 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 organize us to get in at the time slots and we're you know but yep. we get in really slickly without too much waiting around but uh, i must admit hampton court we arrived half an hour after it opened and the lady said it was very busy in the tudor stuff 700 people have come in in the last <gasps> half hour and they're all in the tudors oh no oh, oh my okay. goodness okay i've been to the garden half an hour yeah. wowzers <laughs> oh my goodness well we're into january now and hopefully it'll calm down a little bit for us before uh yeah. The pink season starts out again. Um, but we're back and we are now, uh, ladles and germs, we are now going uh, weekly. Woohoo! We're back to being weekly. Yay! <laughs> a new year, a new, uh, a new, a new, new time. Fresh lease of life. Time. Yes, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> you something like that. I'm not sure I feel quite freshly newly leased, but you know, um, yeah. we're there, we're there. Um, so yeah, we've been planning, uh, Fiona and I have, plotting quite a lot of stuff over this winter period. We've been um, having lots of chats and plotting a really exciting year of podcasting ahead. We've got some really, I think, some really interesting stuff and some really interesting yeah. people coming up for you. Um, so stay tuned because we've got 52 epic <gasps> podcasts. That doesn't up. sound at all daunting. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've got 49. Actually, probably 51 because we take a week really off. really good podcasts. Um, and a couple and of real duffers. And three that are a bit dodgy. <laughs> i tell you what, we're not going to tell you which ones those are. Yeah, you just have to listen and find Ooh, out. No. <laughs> well, let's hope it's not this week's one. Uh, because I'm starting out, I'm, I'm starting the, the new year off. This is my uh, my week to, to present. So I have gone in for a really interesting chap who I found, I, I can't remember when I found out about him, but he's sort of been rattling around my brain box for a little while now. And it, I just suddenly went, oh, you know what? He's, we've got to chat about him because we've chatted about quite a lot of eccentrics um, <laughs> in our time on the podcast, both uh, when Emily was co-presenting and now uh, with Yuffie. And I don't know what it is about Britain. We do eccentrics really well, don't we? Oh gosh, yes. Yes. And this one has, it reminds me a lot of, do you remember that episode where we talked about now the name of the street escapes me um but the guy who basically <gasps> set up this massive prank yeah 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 and another one ordered, 22 whatever it is street, yes everyone butchers goes. And, and yeah and all the butchers and everything that he, yeah. he ordered throughout the day he wanted to make this spot the f- most famous place in london and over the course of the day had epic numbers of deliveries and things oh. coming through this has got the same kind of ring didn't didn't the Archbishop of Canterbury turn up? It was the Mayor of London, I think it was. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah, Mayor of London. <laughs> but this has got that same kind of ring to it. Now it's not on quite such an well, it is on an epic scale, but it's not on such an epic outward scale. Okay. Which sounds I, really odd. 
I'm intrigued by this because I think I know one thing about this person. Okay. So the chap we're talking about today is known, uh, his name is William Reginald Bray. Um, To give you his dates off the top, 30th of April, 1879 to the 6th of June, 1939. So relatively recent. Okay. Um, Can I just, can I just butt in? This is not the Bray you're thinking of. I know nothing about this man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, this is going to be very nerdy, guidey. Are you thinking of uh, Reginald Bray from... Windsor. Windsor Castle. Oh no, yes. that's far too boring. Far too no. boring. A guy who just gives loads of money and has his name shoved all over the place. No, yeah, I did wonder boring. why he was. Why you were so keen to talk about him? No, <laughs> it's not him at all. This guy is known as the postal prankster and the <gasps> autograph king. Oh, so he okay. is really interesting. Now he's also, uh, I guess, quite close to your own heart because he was from Forest Hill, which is where you used to live, of course. Yeah. Uh, no, did you slip? Uh, oh no, you sorry no. keys. I'm now in Forest Gate. So oh, Forest Gate. Oh, that's what I'm thinking keys. of. So, well, our lovely friend Simon Whitehouse actually lives about five doors down from where this guy used to live. Aha! Uh-huh. At Does one point in time, I, I have asked them to, to, to have a look. I don't know if, if there is one. I've never seen it. Okay. Um, yeah. But on the face of it, there's nothing massively to you know to pluck him out. He was an accountant from Forest Hill, born to a lovely couple. You know, mm-hmm. very normal upbringing normal life nothing massive to write home about until 1898 and in 1898 uh, william bray buys a, a publication that is going to change his life and it's not a publication that you would think of that you'd look at on the shelf and go oh now that looks exciting he bought a copy of the post office guide <laughs> now this is a i know right Woo, the excitement yeah. can't, can't, can't contain it um this is a book that you can still buy as sort of historical reproductions. They don't print it anymore for obvious reasons, you know. Um, and what it was, it was an official guide to the services that the post office offered. Um, okay. It started out being published from 1856. Uh, and it was basically a book or a manual of information for both post office staff and the public about what you could send, how you could send it, all this kind of thing. And it gave regulations for mail, both inland and and going to other countries as well. Info that related to all of the services they offered, a list of all the current post offices. And it was it was kind of the, I guess, the yellow pages yeah. of the post office. And it, it was one was brought out quarterly. So yeah. they were constantly updated and things like this. And one of the key things in it was it said all letters must be delivered as addressed. Now, in order to kind of tell you a bit about how this works i want to we, we, we spoke about it very briefly on i think the christmas episode about the post and how it works but i just want to give you a little bit of of backstory um so the post office dates all the way back to the 1660 it, it wasn't called the post office it was called the general post office so gpo mm-hmm. um established under charles ii and anyone who knows the city of london capital c um yeah. may well know the uh, massive building right near funnily enough the park called postman's park which yep. was the gpo was the general post office it's now offices and what have you um but basically the what would happen is that it, it was in it was the body that oversaw the kind of the infrastructure of, of messages getting around the place from the 17th century onwards and one of the major developments which i think we mentioned in the christmas episode was in 1837 roland hill Mm-hmm. invents the adhesive postage stamp yep and we mentioned that prior to this uh well actually three years later the penny black comes in so it's not immediate but prior to this 
anywhere that you were, were you could send mail to somebody and they had to pay to receive it. Um, and that the, the amount they paid would well, it would change massively based on the distance the, the uh, that had been carried, the, 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 how big it was, like how many sheets it was, um, all that kind of thing. So, you know, someone would, would receive something and you could could be hit with a massive bill. You could re- say, no, I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to pay for it and it would be sent back. And I don't know if anybody then would pay for the delivery or whatever. I don't know. Do you know? I, I don't know. I was going to say, do you, do you know the story about Roland Hill, supposedly why he was inspired? No. Tell me. So he, he was strolling along one day and he sees a postman arriving at a house and uh, the postman knocks on the door, whatever. The woman comes out. She looks at the letter. She takes it in her hands. She looks at it. She shakes her head sadly and gives it back to the postman. And the postman walks away with the letter. And Roland Hill thinks, oh my God, she can't afford to pay for the letter. She's She's got this letter with important news. She can't, oh, this is terrible. This is a terrible system. So she, he dashes off after the postman and out of the goodness of his heart, he pays for the letter. Aww. And then he takes it back to the house and he says knocks on the door here you go i've got your letter i saw that you didn't have it and you presumably you want it and i'm you know i thought i should do the right thing get it for you and the lady says well that's very nice of you thank you sir but actually i don't need it it was a question and there was an answer and the way the address was written contained the answer it was in code so i know that the answer was yes or no whatever and i don't actually need the letter in fact the envelope is empty but you've Thank you for paying for this empty envelope. <laughs> and there's there's two interpretations of the story. Either, in this case, it wasn't true, but it might be true that people couldn't afford their post and therefore this wasn't a good system. Mm-hmm. Or, alternatively, Rowan Hill realised that people were scamming the post office yeah. <laughs> and thought, I'm going to make them pay up front. Which, frankly, makes so much more sense for everyone involved it to does. pay before you post it. 100%. But, yeah. but that's the theory. There is one day where he saw this transaction going down and went oh that's so interesting i've never heard that story but yeah like you say there's one of two options and it's interesting that you mention codes in envelopes because that is going to come back in this story a little bit later (gasps) so without knowing at all you've you've made a nice little link there which uh so i'm gonna just gonna dangle that as a as a little cliffhanger um so yeah so he he invented the penny black which as you say eliminated whichever problem he was thinking needs to be eliminated of those two or possibly both who knows um either way it's a win-win for everybody i suppose um so the penny black comes in and and what it allows is letters of up to a certain weight about 14 grams to be delivered it's a flat rate of one penny and i have to say i don't know if you know this this was the first stamp issued anywhere in the world for sending letters Oh, I, I didn't. No, I didn't know that. I knew no. it was the first one in, in the UK. Didn't realise it was the first one yeah. anywhere in the world. But it's quite intriguing. Mm-hmm. And I, I like this thing about sending a bit of mail to, to give a response without anyone having to pay for it. So yeah, there's a lot of yeah. extra work for the, you know, no one's getting paid for that work. Yeah. I, I just had a thought then, but I'm going to hold that thought until next week. <gasps> oh, another cliffhanger. Oh, All right. Jesus galore. <laughs> I'm going to write it down, though. As yeah, well. I was going to say, I would forget, but all right. Um, so, <laughs> so coming back to this this post office guide, um, in this guide, one of the things that they had guidelines for was the size and the weight of certain uh, packages. And of course, 
the penny black up to 14 grams, but what do you do if it's over that? So they then had, you know, listed your your weights, your prices, the, the sort of thing you'd find if you went onto the post office um, website today. And William Bray starts thinking, I can have a bit of fun with this. I can test their theory. And he looked really closely at the regulations. And what he found is that the small, actually, I'm going to get you to try and guess. What do you think the smallest item that you could send would be? Oh, now bear in mind, I'm talking about unwrapped items here. So obviously okay. you can put anything in a bigger envelope, but I'm talking about what unwrapped yeah. item, what's the smallest thing that he could send? Well, I'm thinking it's got to be big enough to put an address on it of some mm. sort, but maybe you can attach the address on a label. Mm-hmm, that is a possibility, yep. Yeah. And he does so... do that. <laughs> um, I mean, my first thought was a pebble, but that's that's maybe... I mean, pebbles come in various sizes, small. of course. Well, they do. But yes. you're not a million miles um, away. And I have to say, he never sent these, but they're both animals. The smallest was a bee. Oh. oh. <laughs> I know. He did never send that because there's a few, obviously, yeah, um, tricky unwrapped. things going on with that. Uh, unwrapped, yes, yeah. obviously, but unwrapped. you never sent it. Yeah. What about the largest item that you could send? Again, unwrapped, and I'll give you a clue. It's an elephant. It's an animal. It's an elephant. It's an elephant. <laughs> I just nearly said the word. <laughs> I mean, I was going to go for that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I let my brain run away with me there. That's the worst cliffhanger ever. Oh my goodness. Uh, you were correct. It's an elephant. Well done. <laughs> it's an elephant. Way. <laughs> now. For obvious reasons, he never sent an elephant and he didn't send a bee either. But he decided to test the system and he thought, right, I'm just going to start sending all manner of different things through the mail, unwrapped, but crucially (laughs) with the correct postage paid. And if you remember what was in the guide at the very start, all letters must be delivered as addressed. So if you've paid the right amount and it's a valid address, it's going. So here are just some of the many things (laughs) that he sent. He sent a turnip with the address carved uh, into it. He sent a, a bowler hat <laughs> with the address on it, a bicycle pump. One of my favourite ones, he sent the collar of a shirt, just the collar, and also another occasion he sent the cuffs. And we do have pictures, which will be on the blog, where he's actually written the address on the collar of the shirt <laughs> and the stamp Fabulous. and everything. And there are pictures yes. of this, so we're going to put them on the blog. Um, seaweed? He sent some seaweed. <laughs> yep. So, but I mean, can I uh, unwrapped? Uh, yeah. Because well, you so, can wrap anything up and put it in a package. There's no fun in that, is there? Let's face yes, it. Yes, no fun in that. No. But well, but, I mean, can I tell you? I have something here that fits into this description. I'm going to get it. Right, stay there. I'm just going to okay rummage in my cupboard. So so can... Alex is leaving the screen. I can hear cupboard doors opening and shutting. <laughs> I can hear a background giggle. Could you hear the giggle? This is a good example. Uh, Aha. Now this, and again, I'll put a picture on the blog, is a coconut that was sent to me by my dad when he was stationed in Belize. And if you look at the side, it's a bit faded now, but the address and the stamp... (sighs) is actually on the coconut. So one side of the coconut is painted and apparently all kids whose parents like were in Belize at some point in the military have got one of these. Um, <laughs> but at one point it's this beautiful sunset 
view with the wow you know some palm trees and a, and the coast and a lovely yeah. sailing boat and then one side and is I'm, blank I'm and one side has got gonna say yeah, for, for folks listening as well it's it's smoother than you might expect if you imagine a coconut in a kind of coconut shy situation very rough and hairy the the hair is not on this one yes no it's in the outer pod that it comes down from the tree and so inside this will be the coconut kind of thing ah okay yeah 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 um so that it's almost looks like a big kind of triangular sort of i i yes yeah, type thing but big i mean I it's probably of... what's well, about the side of my head yes um, at first glance i thought it was a sort shape. of big conch shell um yeah just look but... a bit like that but yeah so even today it is possible to do this and it is addressed to me in Southcombe House, Wild Oak Lane, Troll, Taunton, and it's got mm-hmm. two stamps randomly of Carrick Fergus Castle, but this was sent from um Belize. So there we go. So even today okay. it is possible to do this. Yeah. But I mean that not quite yeah, to that, the degree that, he does. Does that, that clarify things nice. for you? It does clarify things. But that's also <laughs> a nice sturdy thing that obviously makes sense to send Yeah, it says a turn up. Turn but up. yeah. Yeah. But yeah. also, don't oh, forget, you, you know, yeah. they 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 don't have the the level of of um, automation, guess, automation, oh. and also just oh. the number of, of things going yes. through. So you you know, it's going to be a lot easier. Yeah, um, yeah. So can I just also back? So mm. He just sent these for fun, just to try out the sending of them. Yeah. Or did he send them to, to the same person? He usually sent them to himself, and uh, he would usually okay. only go to his local his local um, post office, which was a couple of hundred yards down the road. Okay. Um, sometimes a little bit further away. Uh, anyway, this is where he starts. Yeah, he starts by sending them basically to himself and seeing if they'll get there. Okay. And most yeah. of them do. Um, he sends a half-smoked cigar. He sends a rabbit skull, <laughs> and the address is written on the nasal bone of the rabbit skull. One I of my favourite ones. This is absolutely brilliant. Um, he drilled a hole through an old penny, and then in through this hole, he attached a little label. So you mentioned labels earlier. Absolutely, yep. he did that. Little string with the, with the label addressed the label to himself and then he posted it but he either forgot or just didn't put on the postage i don't know if he wanted to test the system or just yeah. completely forgot the coin was delivered safely to him but with a two pence charge for lack of prepayment <laughs> which is amazing absolutely amazing yes one of the things he posted as well was a crocheted envelope his mum he got his mum to crochet him an envelope and on it she just crocheted bray forest hill um, by this point, the post office so knew really well. The address literally, well, just that bit of the address, not the whole thing. Literally, Bray yeah. Forest Hill, and they oh, knew him yeah. by now. They were like, "Oh, it's it's him. We know exactly where it is." And it got to him. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, "Well, um, I'm going to send some trickier things." And he starts sending postcards that have puzzles on them, but puzzles for the postman. Um. <gasps> So, for example, he would send postcards where part of the address he had drawn it. So he'd drawn symbols instead of bits of the address. So, for example, there was one that was being sent to Deal's Key and he drew a key instead of the word key. And then other uh-huh. bits of the address had different bits. So the postman it might have been like, oh, flipping egg," Or might be like, yay, brilliant, an escape yeah. room in a, in a bit. So, But again, yeah. that got there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is when he's actually sending to other people as well. So he's testing other different methods of it uh, and often then requesting that they send it back to him so that he's then got it and can record that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, there was a brilliant one where he, he sent a postcard to a chap called Laurie Humphreys, and this is in 1899. And he didn't write the address out properly. 
what he did is he wrote a little poem on the front of the of the envelope or the postcard and in the poem he embedded the lines of the address and then underlined those key bits in there so that they couldn't miss it and they couldn't just go, oh, that's rubbish. They could be like, oh, hang on. So I'm going to read yeah. you what it says. So this is literally what he writes as the address. Now, postman with kindness, take heed what I say, as I want this for reasons delivered today. At Ord Hall Street in London Town, the number's 30 some way down. And please don't charge any extra fees to Mr. Laurie T. Humphreys. <laughs> Not brilliant. Fabulous. Yes. Um, he used photos on the card as part of the address. So if it was going somewhere in particular and he had a photo of it, he would use that instead. He mm-hmm. said it's really hard to reach places. One of my favourites um, is he... Um, he's <laughs> So he sent a postcard to... He wanted to get it to the Bell Rock Lighthouse um, <laughs> in, in Scotland. And he literally just wrote to the person in charge of Bell Rock Lighthouse via Aberdeen. <laughs> and then that was it really. And then... That, that was what he put. And then at the bottom of it, he, he put on the postcard, basically asked the, whoever it was who was in charge of it to redirect it back to him at his address. And he kind of, what he'd often do is then write, you know, your name, your dates, that kind of thing. And then basically would just say, get it redirected back to me. And in okay. this case, he probably just wanted the really cool postmark from our both. Yeah. You know, he was starting yeah. collect- he was an, he was an epic collector. He just collected all sorts of stuff. Um, he sent one to, um, a friend of his were using old postmarks as the address. And then the post office were like, nah, this is against regulations. And they imposed a charge on it. Uh-huh. And then he even wrote the back of the postcard in a sort of, uh, I guess some sort of cipher in that the, the, what he wrote looked completely mad, but what you had to do is read lines one, three, five, seven, nine, et cetera, and then go back and read the odd numbers. Uh, Sorry, okay. the even numbers. So it's yeah, just yeah. like he's making yeah. life <laughs> either a nightmare slash really fun for everybody. Um, one, he threw a letter out of a train window and on it was written, <laughs> will the one who picks this postcard up at once without delay direct it to the above address where besides, resides W.R. Bray? So he likes to do poems as well. Uh-huh. He set another yeah. one on, in some random, I can't remember where it was now, but uh, uh, sort of a little um, beach. There was a, a kind of, cave thing that people used to go and visit and he tucked one in there and basically said if you find this send it back to me so he's sort of testing all kinds of stuff it's really cool it's kind of it's kind of like letting a balloon hot air balloon go isn't it or one of those yeah see how far it goes but just yeah well he did exactly that he did the um message in a bottle stuff as well okay yeah 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 I shouldn't be surprised. One of my favourites, I know, right? Any, any option to kind of get something in the post from a weird way. He sent a postcard to, and it was addressed to, a resident near this rock. And the front of the postcard had a picture of a rock formation called the Old Man of Hoy, which is on the Orkney Islands. And then at the bottom, he put a couple of fields for the person to fill in. He put red by, so whoever got it, date, yep. nearest village, and the distance from the rock. And the person who got it was, I think, about a mile and a quarter from the rock. And then they sent it back to him. It's wow. Wow. <laughs> And he messed around with like methods of paying for things as well. He one postcard had part payment in stamps from the reign of Queen Victoria, and part from the reign of King Edward the Seventh. So in theory, oh. probably well, the stamps. Well, I don't know if it was the same back then, but once you bought them, you can always They're use good. them. Yeah. So it might be the same back then. Yeah. Um, you know, so he, he's messing around with a, a thing that is fairly new that people probably haven't thought about. What do we do if if this is a thing? And he's like, let's yeah. let's stress test the system. Yeah. Occasionally they didn't get delivered. Now, off most most of the time they seem to. The wackier they got, 
that's when you, you get a few things that don't get delivered. He tried by sending some really teeny tiny envelopes and um, a couple of them were rejected and said too small to fit the guidelines. <laughs> um, one, he tried where he, he put postage on that had already been used and they uh, would come back and they'd always come back with a fine, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And he was like, fine with that. But on one of them, one of the postmen, who was clearly very used to his antics and shenanigans, um, decided to have his own go at it. And he wrote on one, which was undeliverable. Pursuing this game, we hope there's not many. However, for your hobby, you will have to pay a penny. (laughs) (laughs) Now, he had so much fun doing this that he decided he was going to up the ante. And this is where he really goes, I mean, into the stratosphere of absolute (laughs) eccentric legends. And I'm going to tell you that after this short break. Right, welcome back. So we have got to William Reginald Bray really annoying the postal staff (laughs) with his shenanigans. And I said he's going to up the ante and he absolutely does. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say, not so annoyed that they're not composing poems back to him. So True. some of them are True. Well, some of them, yeah. Some of them are yeah. getting on board. I mean, I'd love it. I think it'd be great. Oh, I get a little, yeah. a little game to Do play you know, while actually, I'm doing my job. We once got, um, our, our postcode where I grew up was for E.T. And when the film E.T. came out, um, we got a letter and someone had written on it, phone home in brackets. <laughs> I love that. Well, we always tell the story, don't we, of um, uh, Lock, Lock & Co., the yeah. shop in St. James, where they once received a letter which was addressed to the best hatters in the world in London. <laughs> it was delivered there. Maybe it's just one from William Bray. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the postmen were pretty you know, pretty good at this sort of thing. Um, but he helps the ante by deciding. Now, he, he didn't ever send a bee or an elephant, but he did decide he wanted to attempt to send an animal. So he posted his own dog. And it's a little Irish terrier called Bob. Now, I say he posted his own dog. Now, we have images then of somebody shoving something into a post box and it being shuffled through yeah. all these automated things and, and it being a squish and being really horrible. Basically what it was, in 1900, he sent Bob from the Forest Hill post office, which was a couple of hundred yards down the road. Yep. The journey took exactly six minutes to accomplish. <laughs> So Bob is not going through any kind of automated thing. It cost William three pence per mile. And he then hilariously published a statement and the receipt for the dog in in the paper. It's it's this little bit. And again, we'll pop it on the blog. And he says, I claim to be the first person. Wait, but he claims to be the first person to send an animal. And in the post, he says, certain animals when posted must be confined in a suitable receptacle, but dogs need not so long as they're docile. (laughs) <laughs> the dog, his dog was on an ordinary lead so basically what he did is he went down there went I'd like to post my dog they took his money he went home and then somebody from the post office walked his Just dog back to around. his house yeah. yeah and and also and they got I him mean, to sign a receipt this is kind of in the days when there's more than one delivery a day I'm guessing presumably it's like I mean they used yeah, to be well, you possibly lots of deliveries you used to be able to yeah. play chess by post couldn't you because there was deliveries yeah. back and forth and things like nowadays you'd have they'd have to keep the dog until the postman was ready to set off 
yeah. at whatever time exactly. you get your delivery and things. So presumably this is would be all much more complicated now than, but, uh, than it was back then. You just imagine them being like, right, okay. come on, come on, Jeff, come out the back. Right, <laughs> off you go. <laughs> Quick trot down the road to William Bray's. But he's, he claims, William Bray does claim that there is um, a reason for this. He's testing the service. He's testing what we're able to do. And he says in this little article, it's only small, but he says... Readers will ask, what is the use of the post office extending such a service as this? I will tell you, presuming you are sending your dog to a friend or veterinary surgeon and have not the time to take the animal yourself, this service comes immediately to your assistance. Yeah. So he's got a point. However, he is only sending a dog 100 feet or so down the road. Yeah. If your friend was in, I don't know, a completely different city, it's up in it's not gonna something. Work. There are there are more logistics that need to be considered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. And, you know, kind of thing. progress of science, people test something to its limits. Mm-hmm. And some people might test yeah. gravity or the stretchiness of springs or whatever. But other people test the post office. Test the post office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And let me tell you, he's going to test them again. Uh-huh. What do you think he's going to post this time? Okay, so... Um, an ice cube. It's something living. Oh. No, it's something living. And we're going up from a dog. Bigger than a dog. Is it a donkey? <laughs> it's not a donkey. <laughs> now I want to say giraffe. It's probably not a giraffe. Uh, okay. Uh, is it smaller than a donkey? Uh, oh, is it a horse? Yeah. No, it's bigger. No, it's bigger than a donkey. Bigger than a, oh, no. A, a bison? No, not a bison. It's on a different um, plane. It's on a different plane to a donkey. <laughs> I'll put you out of your misery. It's a donkey on its hind legs? <laughs> Sort of. Different sort of. <laughs> well, a donkey's like, you know, horizontal. horizontal. Okay. So it's so a giraffe. Plane. No. It's not a giraffe. It's himself. He posts himself. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean about the plane thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to himself? <laughs> to him. Well, yes, yes, sort of yes and no. Okay. Yes okay. and no. Yeah. To his address. Yep. But obviously he was being delivered, so he needed someone to sign for him i'll come to that was in a minute um so a new regulation basically comes in saying uh and i quote postmasters may arrange for the conduct of a person to an address by an express messenger so he posts himself and his bike and the posted receipt literally says on it for person cyclist he lived like i say lived a couple of hundred yards from the post office so he went down posted himself and basically what happened is the poor messenger boy had to come out from the back William cycled home and the messenger boy accompanied him. And then when he got there, his dad had to pay for it, had to receive him. His poor father, Edmund, who must have just been so sick and tired of his games. And in fact, there is the best picture, which again we'll put on the blog, of the messenger boy, his dad signing with the messenger boy. And outside, William's just standing there with his bike looking really bored. It's really funny. Can I just say at this point that the fact that you said you no, know, his dad is signing for it. Am I am I amazed that he's not married? He is married. He is married. Okay, well, he is married at some point. I don't know if he's married by this point. He does get married. You know, he said he collects things, right? He collects people. No, no, at one point, wives. he is uh, no, genuinely, he is dating all three sisters and ends up getting married to one no. of them. He dates them all at the same time. Yep, yeah, absolutely, and, and gets married to Mabel. Now, whether he's married to her by the time he's posting himself, I'm not sure. I mean, he's he's born in '79, so by this point, he's. 21 is yeah. probably around that age but yeah yeah um but anyway his dad but, but is, also, is claiming so, him 
so he did cycle himself home like he did pedal yes. it's a- <laughs> He didn't like get a piggyback or anything. No, he, he cycled himself home because the bike was part of the part of the parcel. Yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> so this poor little messenger boy like trotting along us beside him. Wait for you me. Know, couple of minutes down the road. Where do you live? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, they would know. That's all right. Follow the terrier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, and he gives himself, or I don't know if he gives himself, but he's definitely given the name the Human Letter, which is <laughs> yeah. very entertaining. Yeah, And then in the early 1900s, his focus changes a bit. So I've mentioned all of these postcards that he's sending to all these different places. Start, you know, starting out sending things to himself, then sends to other places and requests them to send it back. And somehow, and I mentioned he's he's a real collector, his, his focus shifts and he still uses the post for this. But he stops, re- he still sends the odd weird thing, but he stops sending that so much. He starts to amass autographs. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of these postcards he that he'd asked to be re- returned on request um, must have given them this, him this idea. And he starts basically sending out postcards to people going, can you sign this blank bit over here and send it back to me? And right. he sends this out to everyone. Politicians, sports stars, artists, musicians, soldiers yeah. serving abroad. You know, if there's like a famous ship or something, he'll send one to the captain and the bosun and all this sort of stuff. The Pope he sends to, his local <laughs> station master. So there's a massive mix of things. And he would just basically say, yeah, you know, and often if he was sending it to someone or something that was known like like the ship or uh, yeah. a person in a particular, in char- he, did, he sent one to the... Royal Observatory in Greenwich at one point. So uh-huh. on the front of the postcard, if he could, he'd have a a picture of that person or that that place that he was sending it to. Okay. And over the next approximately thirty years, he sent somewhere in the region of thirty six thousand requests Whoa. for autographs. I know, and he had many responses. That's that's three a day consistently. Over oh, well that. done. <laughs> yes, it is three a day. <laughs> It is three and a bit. Yeah, that's a that's a, a fact I've got for you. Yeah, three a day. Well done. Oh my God, that was that's an impressive maths right there. Um, and he gets you know so he 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 gets them. I say emails. No, he doesn't. He he message. No, he doesn't. He sends <laughs> things to like well gets them back rather from famous people, non-famous people, and people who are like locally famous. You know, music hall stars and okay, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets them back from famous striptease artists pilots some famous names Laurence Olivier Charlie Chaplin Uh Haile Selassie the Emperor of Ethiopia there's a few people who decline and you might be surprised at some of the people who decline Uh, one of them is Churchill oh because you know probably Churchill doesn't go in for this sort of silly stuff no the royal family decline Uh all of the people he asks apparently they don't sign autographs although they're pretty happy to send letters and stuff so yeah anyway and the person there's one person who he requested five times to have the uh autograph of and i think it was probably more to annoy him than anything else and it's somebody you would <laughs> his dad, never it? expect <laughs> it wasn't his dad um somebody you would never expect you'd want and bear in mind the era um any <gasps> idea who that might be hitler hitler absolutely Way. now bear in mind this is prior to world war one well, world war two okay. sorry so you know but yeah. still um but he basically kept sending request for an autograph five times and in the end he became such a pest that they responded in a letter just going our leader is overworked and do not send any more just no um, just no so yeah and then he so he starts out with these picture postcards and gradually because he was sending about three a day you're quite right um yeah he decided to stick to plain cards he he thought i need to be more efficient so he basically had bespoke 
what looked like calling cards really but bespoke postcards mm-hmm. printed with his details on this makes it easier for him but it also gives him a lot more credibility because by this point yeah. people have you know they know about him and also it's very much you know like from the desk of that way of people <laughs> send letters you know with their address and everything yeah. on it um and by the time he died in 1939 he had amassed the world's largest collection of autographs they don't know exactly how many, but it's in the region of fifteen to 20,000 autographs. Wow. And he declared himself the autograph king, which yeah. I think is fair, fair enough. enough, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, go on. Yeah, no, intriguing mix. Though. Like, mm. presumably, I mean, if you... Okay, you might, you might be about to say this of what happens next to the collection, kind okay. of, but... You can imagine if you took all of those to a, a shop or whatever, they would go, yeah, these ones are worth selling. These ones, these these known people, but those ones are not worth yeah. anything or whatever. So um, uh, I don't know why I was asking this question, really. <laughs> well, so it's a good question. What happened to them? His daughter um, sold the collection in the 1950s. Now, I'm not 100% who owns it now, but I do know that there is a book about William Bray uh, mm-hmm. called The Englishman Who Posted Himself and Other Curious Objects. Okay. Uh, it's by a, a guy called John Now. I don't know if it's pronounced Tingy or Tingy, T-I-N-G-E-Y. Uh-huh. Um, but there is an incredible log of everything by, I think it's by John Tingy or Tingy, um, on wrbray.org.uk. And on there, you can see images of a whole heap of stuff. It's literally broken down year by year. And then you click into the year and then it will say, autographs and then curios and all sorts of stuff there is a wealth of stuff on there so i don't know if he owns that collection he may well do yeah that would Um, kind of make sense but yeah yeah and um but it's i had the absolute best time tootling through (laughs) this thing and just you know, it was absolutely brilliant i mean I've, he's got so many pictures on there there's pictures of there's a brilliant picture of william bray um physically putting a, a couple of onions into a post box with a letter <laughs> with a with a uh, you know a t- tag attached uh, there's a family photo of his family with bob the dog as well um, there's a photo of him being delivered with his bike like i mentioned and then pictures yeah. of all of these incredible postcards there's pictures of the the collar and the cuffs of the this shirt that he sends of this crocheted bag i mean it is absolutely <laughs> brilliant and i had the best time having a rummage through so wrbray.org.uk and um so it wouldn't I, surprise me if yeah if he owns it but i have to say i'm not 100 sure sure yeah um there is do you ever have that thought when you're passing a post box you just think oh i could just put something in there do you like yes. if i've got my phone in my hand <laughs> it, it's yeah. a dangerous thing you think, oh, i could just pop that in. oh no no <laughs> no <laughs> yeah just like oh, just slot just, just slot, wouldn't it? nice little slot yeah yeah i it made me wonder when did people start routinely putting letter boxes in their front doors that's because... a good question i don't know and one of the things i mean actual letterboxes to post were around from the very start from the victorian era in fact Reginald uh, William Bray had one in front of his house, uh, which may well have given him the idea for all of <laughs> this. The, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I have to say I don't know. It's a it's a good no. question. I one that I've not thought about. And more yeah. and more, you can buy kind of devices where you can get a parcel delivered, can't you? To 
because more you know people shopping online and things like that there's secure ways to get your parcel mm. yeah delivered and you know so maybe we're going back to the world of um getting things in the post maybe more. maybe <laughs> I like it. So there we go. Amazon so that's like a fortune on wrapping. Yeah, Amazon well, just sent out products unwrapped. Just, you know, just <laughs> pop a little, I... pop a little tag on it, and, and in theory, if you paid the postage, and it's, you know, there's no reason why it shouldn't. Yeah, there were there were people in I think maybe in America who posted their kids a bit. Someone someone at one point worked out it was cheaper than the rail fare. No. So uh, for a little, I think it might have just been, I don't know, six months or two years, or but for a little chunk of time, there was a thing where kids, you could wow. post them cheaper than... Um, there, well, but I, well, I, I don't know I do when. remember we, we talked about um, when we were, as guys, we were doing the Tate Modern, there was an artist there, wasn't there, who who sent himself somewhere as a kind of bit of modern art. Okay. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I have to look it up now. But um, yeah, as, as a piece of art, he he shipped himself in a shipping container, <laughs> and I think it took like five days or something stupid like that. Oh, um, boys, boys, Joseph boys, boys, thank you, Joseph boys. B o u y s, b e u y s, yeah, b b yeah, u y. And I'm just gonna have a little look because yeah, he he definitely shipped himself somewhere um i feel like that's, he shipped himself to new york or something but anyway yeah that's getting into kind of david blaine territory the the magician who sat in a box by the thames yeah. for a yeah. while and things yeah so my um <clears throat> when postcodes were new one of my uncles or cousins um sent himself a load of letters with various amounts of postcode on it to see what would get back successfully. Oh, okay. And he established that the, your your house number and your postcode, that that was fine. That's enough. That, that worked. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, um, but that's a lot a lot less detailed than Mr. Bray. So, I mean, Yeah, I mean, he's, got very, he's got very method, isn't he? I really like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thank you. That's I, I knew nothing about him before. So isn't he fun? Isn't this he is fun? a whole delightful yeah. thing. Yeah. So uh, more grist of the mill when we're talking about the general post office. Absolutely. Um, that sort of thing. So there we go. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. Yeah. Yes. Um, anything before we? Um, oh, we do need to tell people about our. Oh yes. Exciting, exciting a, upcoming news. In a month. Would you like to be the planning. one to deliver? Mm. We are planning to do a live podcast recording. <gasps> so we have a venue and we have a guest and we're just mm. coordinating dates and times and making sure we can all get there on the same day and yep. then we will let you know and it will be we'll have a little bit of a lead time for it. So um yeah, it hopefully. won't be short notice, hopefully. Um yeah. so hopefully as many of you as possible can come and um that'd be fabulous. Yes. And hopefully this time next next week we will know what date it is and we can let yes. you know because we'd love to see as many of you as possible. Um, and we've got a couple of other things that we're, we've got in the pipeline. So exciting times. Coming at you. Coming at you. Yeah. So there we go. Right. Well, we'll love you and leave you here. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming along, listeners. And we will see you next week. Yay, back to being weekly. 
Um, Back to week. So we definitely keep going Fortnite. Fortnite. Exactly. <laughs> and it'll be Fiona next week, so uh, you get a break from me. Yeah, it pos- quite probably a topic that kind of follows on in a way. Oh, it's intriguing. You know, we'll see. Well, you yeah. did say there was something that you uh, you're going to keep for next week, so yeah, 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 Fabulous. yeah. Right, have a wonderful week, gang. We'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Thank you.